The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry iced tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always, for the intro music. We are joined with Chris Ying and Isaac Lee, Supercomputer. We are going to do a My Opinion is Fact, a crowd favorite. Who knew mm. that people would love a My Opinion is Fact as, as much as they do? But, you know, usually I've been doing these rambling intros to the podcast, and we're going to do a pre-rambling my opinion is fact before we get into my opinion as fact. Isaac, what do you think about that? Um, it feels very meta. I don't understand why we would need to do one before we it. get into the it. podcast. Then, then stop talking. Then just ask questions. You're out. You're out. You're, you're, you've eliminated yourself from this podcast. Anybody that's listening and is a fan of Isaac, he's not put himself in the penalty box and he's not allowed to opine on anything. I, I got a question for you to talk about off the, at the top here in your pre-opinion is fact rambling. You're working on something right now. Can you talk about what you're working on and, and maybe your thoughts on that type of stuff, on, on cookbooks and everything? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm shooting a cookbook right now with my arch nemesis in the recipe club, Priya <laughs> Krishna, who's in the other room right now wrapping up uh, this photo shoot. We're working on a book, tentatively untitled. I think we've talked about it before, but it's basically about not following recipes. So... Um, Something that you have some familiarity with. Uh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> who was speaking? Because he's, he's shouting from the penalty box. He's banging on the glass, shouting at you from the penalty box right now. Wow, I didn't know it was the Isaac Lee show. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. What are your uh, what? So you're you're making a cookbook, like, and you're shooting it right now. Talk about like what you like to see in terms of photos in a cookbook. Like what's useful? What do you like in cookbooks and what don't you like? I like everything, but what I want to make is a real cookbook. When I mean it was a real cookbook, it's like how people really cook at home or how basically I cook at home. For example, you know, a couple dishes that we shot are just meat on aluminum foil covering the pan that goes into your toaster oven. Like that's real. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the times these are things that don't get captured, but I don't want, there's no reason to talk about too much about the book other than it's 
food style by yours truly. I'm a huge cookbook fan and collector. I know you are too, Dave. And I think there's like different kinds of books. And like, I think you look at them differently depending on what sort of book it is. I doubt that you ever, I mean, is there ever a sense, an instance nowadays where you would pick up a cookbook for instruction? No, uh, our good friend Rodney Scott just came out with a cookbook and I would read it just to get his thoughts on whole hog barbecue and some things. But for the most part, I don't look at cookbooks like I used to, uh, mainly because it used to be one of my hobbies is collecting cookbooks. And I, I stopped doing that after Hurricane Sandy because like everything got washed away. But it doesn't mean like I don't Google recipes or say like, what did I do the other day? I don't know. I feel like I use it. I can't really think about whatever I put in, but I use the internet to just think of recipes sometimes when I don't know exactly what goes into something or I need, you know, for example, I made Marco Canora's Ribolita soup and I couldn't remember what went into it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I Googled it and I was like, oh, it exists. And I'll just... I bet when you're looking up like Marco's recipe for Ribolita, you're just looking at the ingredient list as a refresher, right? That's you're it, like, that's oh, it. What was I, it? I have almost never looked... Again, if you follow Recipe Club, I almost never... <laughs> actually follow the recipe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, I, I like to live in a world where everything's based on a true story. So, you know. Yeah. That's actually maybe the name of the cookbook, Based on a True Story. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, actually. Cooked on a good, True Story. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can get into the real of my opinions fact. I mean, the last thing, no, uh, no, unless no, you no, want. Wait, wait, I want to ask this. Okay. We talked about, on a couple podcasts ago, I did, about my favorite sandwich. And I, I, you have to divide sandwiches into three worlds. You have tubes, tubular rolls, baguettes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. one bucket. Two, you have soft squares. It's mm-hmm. only universe. Okay. Okay. Three, soft you squares. have round. Uh-huh. Round, uh-huh. round, just round. Anything uh-huh. like round. And that's the entire universe, universe of sandwiches. And I wanted to all ask you, because Isaac's in the penalty box. Just you, Chris Yang. <laughs> this is a major penalty. This is a five-minute major. <laughs> it's slashing, and then he like tried to <laughs> kick, kick me in the head with a skate. <laughs> Gary Bettman just handed down the harshest penalty in NHL history. But um, if you had to rank your favorite, personal favorite, loaf sandwiches, what would they be? Okay, yeah. Uh, the tube, the oblong tube, the banh mi cheesesteak, I think is probably number one. I think the banh mi puts it over the top for me because it's my favorite sandwich. That I would put that as number one. I think soft round gives it a real run for its money because of tortas. And the soft square is the bottom for me. But, but, but rank in the tubular uh, okay, oblong okay, okay, okay. roll baguette world, what are your top five? Um... So in the tubular, <laughs> in the torpedo shape, Bon Mi is number one. I think that a, a ta- like a grinder, a grinder, probably that sort of Italian sub is probably number two for me. Um, <laughs> I'll get shit for this, but I think that like cheesesteaks don't rank that highly for me because I've never, I've never had a proper cheesesteak in Philadelphia, and therefore I have no education for this. You know, that state won the election for us. So uh, anybody <laughs> that's what? listening, <laughs> anybody that's listening from the Keystone State, <laughs> no. That oh, not shit. only does Chris Yang not like cheesesteaks, he hates all the snacks <laughs> and anything that's produced in the state of Pennsylvania. 
May God have mercy on your souls, Christian, because guess what? You're a dead man now. They, the, Pennsylvania just declared a fatwa on your ass. You're done. You know what, Dave? I read a report that 3.2 million of the votes cast in Pennsylvania were by dead cheesesteaks. Most yeah. of the votes that came in for Biden were cast Chris by cheesesteaks. recording his podcast from Four Seasons Total <laughs> Landscaping. Um, no, I, I disagree with you there. I think cheesesteaks has to be three or two. You know, let's okay. just keep it in the top three right now. Okay. One follow-up, though. Where are you on the French ham and brie on a little baguette? I, I, I mean, I, I put that number three, I believe. That's very good, right? Hamonber is doesn't make sense as to why it should be so good. It doesn't. I, I don't know. You know, you think about it, it's like, well, it's like reading about the Maginot Line. It's like, you know, sounded good on paper. <laughs> Sounds good on paper, but not really in real life. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. it doesn't pull me to be like, yeah, damn, this is going to be good. Like, Whew. Yeah. A lot of butter, a lot of cheese, and like a wisp of fucking ham. It's like they <laughs> yeah, never put sure. a lot. It's like a, a the, the thinnest amount of fucking ham you've ever seen in a sandwich, yet it's delicious. But it puts it over the top. It puts it over the top for sure. It's that salty, it's that little salty accent. Now, does the French dip fall into the long torpedo? Yes, that's what, you category? just listed all five of my sandwiches. God damn, On that's me, hard. number one. Number two is the hoagie sub grinder depending on where you're on the east coast i don't know this could flip in terms of the only thing i know is number one is bon me then it goes the submarine from white house then you have the hummer and then you have a french dip and then you have what was the other ones we already you talked had cheese about cheesesteak dude cheese that's stick. what i'm saying cheese cheese just fell to number five and you're the swing voter yours wasn't even in the top five i know i know i mean i i've already got the fatwa on me but so what i want to ask is We've been talking about a lot of banh mi and Vietnamese food. Do you think that the rest of America would ever accept banh mi as the universal number one? Because I think if you had to do like a polling of Americans, they'd probably say cheesesteak or like a Jersey Mike sub or Subway Italian as number one. And, and just the oblong torpedo shape. Here's why I think the banh mi in its best form will not. I think for two main reasons in my book. One, I think the pate is essential in there, and I think that sketches people out. And two, the pickled daikon and carrot, I think, will cause problems on uptake. That's why I think it won't. Because I, I've, I've really been blown away that, listen, I don't think Lee's sandwiches is the best banh mi. I eat there. I like it because it's convenient. But what I love living about in Southern California, more specifically in the L.A. and East L.A., is that it is unapologetically Asian, and it's never been better to be eating Asian food than right now for me. I've never had this diversity. And I'm not trying to rub it in your face because I know you're in Oakland, but <laughs> I was blown away, and it had like a mon- – it's like one of these things that I thought about more and more that I went to a drive through that had banh mi. It's wild. I went to a drive through banh mi shop, mm-hmm. and it served other things, and, and, and I think Lee's Sandwiches – actually has unbelievable fried chicken products. That's my opinion. I think it actually maybe overshadows their sandwiches, but that's a whole nother topic of conversation. And I know that there's a couple other places uh, that I've been told on the east side, uh, on the west side that have banh mi deliveries. And I'm sure throughout California, there are more spots that have banh mi delivery. But I, I was wondering as a benchmark about just being Asian American and just sort of where we would go in this world when we might have a difference, uh, or I would say more equal standing. And again, I'm not Vietnamese. I love Vietnamese food. But I was just thinking as banh mi as the benchmark, 
imagine going in, you know, Nebraska or Texas and you're not going to like a Carl's Jr. and they have like Carl's Jr. double bacon cheeseburger bon me. You know, it's not like a bon me thing. <laughs> no, like it's a bon spicy me chicken shop. sandwich sriracha. Right. Double spicy right. sriracha bullshit. You know what I mean? Or not get your hamburger with cochajon ketchup. No, no, no. no. Like <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, what you get in drive through. You're saying could a Lee's ever open in Lincoln, Nebraska? Yeah, or like a like a legitimate it's not just Lincoln, it could be New York. It could be places that you think are cosmopolitan, urban, you know, suburban areas. When would you have places that you could have a delivery bon me, not a delivery, like drive through bon me. Like, that's such a fucking crazy thing to me. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this before ever. And I think I would be a totally different person if I grew up in this area. I don't even know what my food would be. You know, mm-hmm. I would have like almost nothing to fucking say uh, mm-hmm. because like everything's fucking great. I don't need to talk or express myself through food. Like it's already omnipresent. It's very weird. I mean, answering your original question of like, when do you think this will happen? I would say it's 10 to 15 years behind the marijuana arc. Because like what you're describing, like being able to drive through and get a on me, isn't it the same sensation if you were a child of the 70s, 80s, you know, 90s or whatever, where suddenly like you can walk into a store and somebody will happily and helpfully sell you marijuana? Like, isn't that fucking crazy? You know well, what I it's mean? It's totally crazy. I can get marijuana delivered to my door legally. Like, it is fucking insane. And that's what I mean. This seems to be a, a low touch point in culture, I think, for most people. And if you're from this area, you're like, oh, whatever. Drive through Bonmi. It's like, I grew up with it. But think about it. If you're able to do that, like, imagine having that in more places. Imagine what that says about America today if that becomes the norm. I was like, wow, I like these benchmarks of what we need to strive for. And everyone's asking themselves with all of this shit that's going on in America today, mostly bad. Like, I don't know how to get there, but I do know that there's like litmus tests or what are they doing in Inception when they spin the top? It's like a token to remind themselves. A totem. A totem. Totem. I do these like totem things to measure how far it is. Like, it used to be like kimchi, right? And like, I can see kimchi now everywhere. I can see Korean seaweed now everywhere. If you start to see, it doesn't necessarily have to be about me. It's like, you could see like, you know, Shanghainese soup dumplings, Zalongbao, or whatever. Or like, you're beginning to see it with sushi, clearly. At what point do you think people will be able to have in anywhere, places like you can just get drive through banh mi? Like, 10, 15 years? You really think so? You know, you're, I don't mean like 10, 15 years until you have like full saturation, but I think that like it, it follows a very similar arc as the weed thing, as people's like ideas of what is quote unquote acceptable liberalize a little bit. I think that's what you're, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know think if about that. specifically, I can, but it's. I can get banh mi and Vietnamese iced coffee drive through and then drive to a marijuana dispensary. In the same gas tank. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. crazy. What a goddamn country we live in. I'll either surf or ski. And I think this variety and, and talking about like representation of food, I just can't put a price on it. It is such a glorious thing to have. And I want more people to experience. That's it. I hear you. And I can totally see going back to the, the torpedo bucket of sandwich shape, why people would say, no, 
White House Italian subs is number one. I, I, it's not like best or worst, but I do think you're wrong. I, 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 that is my number two. But I think banh mi in general, a good banh mi is probably better because I didn't grow up with it. And if I didn't have access to the Italian subs and I had access to banh mi my entire life, I'd probably say like, you know, White House Italian sub is the best. Banh mi is number two. Yeah, it's all, that's what I'm saying. It's like all about like what your experience has exposed you to. Now, does the meatball sandwich fall into the torpedo range too? Is that an Italian? Well, that's that's like it's like uh, you had to do Fuck. top five. God, I love a meatball. And I know you're, so par- much, you're a meatball parm kind of guy, and and and, and like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. And the reason why you could even do like a like a Mitch McConnell like move, you could theoretically put that into your top five on the square on the, on the round. That's what I'm saying. You could just yeah, you can you could redistrict around that shit. Yeah, you just gerrymander. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gerrymander the lines around the meatballs. It's yeah. just a meatball-shaped yeah. hump in the in the in, in the borders. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, but the, I mean, I don't know. We should get into the real thing. But the, the, I, I I originally said that the circle soft circles were number two for me. But like, I don't know, egg salad sandwiches and club sandwiches for. Well, uh, I'm not. Uh, what are you talking about, Chris? We're not even ranking the through those three. <laughs> we're still in just the torpedoes. <laughs> Isaac Lee, you're out of the penalty box. Welcome back. What are buddy. your top five <laughs> torpedo sandwiches? Um, torpedo shaped sandwiches, the oblong sandwiches. Yeah. Top five. Number one. Number one. Give me your top five. <laughs> um, you, you're putting me on the spot here. I think I don't think I can even actually list off the top of my head five. Because I'm such like a um, food. Everybody player. listening, Dave Chang show is uh, looking for audio producers. <laughs> Look, I'm good at audio. Doesn't mean I have food opinions that matter. My opinion is not fact, Dave Chang. What's your favorite sandwich, Isaac? My favorite sandwich. I I kind of think like the Subway meatball marinara is up there. <laughs> yeah, dude, own that. See, just own it. It's pretty freaking good. You know, I do love like a I do love like a gyro sandwich off like a halal cart in New York. I have very fond memories of of eating gyro sandwiches on the go. So maybe I'll go with that. Let's see, you've just opened a whole other can of worms. ZipRecruiter.com has helped me find a new audio engineer <laughs> producer. Shit. Holy shit. Check out ZipRecruiter.com slash Isaac is just going to re, <laughs> re, re-penalize himself here. He's just skating back off the ice into the penalty box, closing the door, locking it, taking off his skates. He's just like, I'm Isaac out, didn't ask, give us one answer. I said meatball marinara from the subway, from subway, I guess. I guess. Meatball I don't marinara. know. I, that, it feels like a cowardly that's not, move. That's not even a response. All right. I don't even understand. It doesn't even dignify a response for myself or Chris Yang. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, listen, Isaac, I will tell you this. I think I did say it in the pod. The one sandwich from Subway that I feel is what I would order when you're stuck in an airport or something is the meatball sub at Subway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Chris agrees with that. Yeah, 100%. But now we 100%. really put Isaac on the spot. Isaac, what do you feel about banh mi's? Um, To be very oh. honest... Oh, not no. a huge fan. Not a huge fan. Wow. Holy shit. They're good. Wow. They're good. Wow. But I don't like wow. carrots. Wow. I don't like cucumbers. Wow. wow. Yeah. Look, it's it's to, to each their own, right? It's not like I'm on this podcast because I'm a food expert. I'm on this podcast because I'm good at audio. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are you asking me questions about my own personal taste? 
You know what I really fuck with though is the is the Venn diagram between those two things, the Vietnamese meatball banh mi. Like oh. that one. I really fuck with that. Wait, is that mm. a thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. The oh, meatball okay. one. It's not like the squeaky meatball from your No, pho. yeah, yeah. It's that subway. It's at Subway right now. <laughs> <laughs> this it's on the, the it's, it's a five dollar footlong right now if you if you hurry down to Subway and get it on honey oat. You know, we shouldn't be giving out these ideas for free. You know, somebody from Subway's gonna listen to this. <laughs> the one positive thing about Subway, I'll give them this much, is that it's the one place you can guarantee, fucking guarantee this. You can score a bag of baked lays, sour cream, and barbecue, <laughs> and that's a fucking important thing. No, that's important knowledge. One of it the best important. chips out there. It might be one of the only places left where you can find a baked lay, and I absolutely recommend it. Uh, you know what's also great about the baked lay, Dave? Just, <laughs> just to put an ultra fine point on it, they lay flat, so you can put them in your sandwich in a perfect mm. fucking layer. It's truly incredible. Or you can literally stack them. Yeah. Into a whole yeah. layer of fucking sandwich yeah. chips. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, we just did 29 minutes of pre-meta, <laughs> my opinion is fact. Well done. Well done, everybody. everybody it, it was, uh, on the back. Listen, I've never finished Ulysses, but I feel like this is what it would be like to be like oh, Stephen Daedalus. Just, you're just thinking out loud, and we just came up with a bunch of nonsense. What do you think about that, Ying? We just did a steel <laughs> consciousness, my opinion is fact. I we mean, did it. Here, I, I think that the essential question that Isaac was asking in the beginning is like, what's the difference? Between what's the what difference? Why are we doing, doing this? this? I think it's just Dave and I just like to go just to let it blow off some steam here. Well, that was the pre. <laughs> this is the proper. My opinion is fact. All right. Well, let's take a break. Let's take a quick break for a mid-roll break. And then we'll get into my opinion is fact. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Finally, finally, we are doing... Our regular scheduled program of My Opinion is Fact. The first topic here, white wine, overrated or underrated? <laughs> what? <laughs> you go first, Ying. Uh, um, Preliminary uh, laughter from you, Chris Ying. What's with the... Pre- I just don't... I don't even... I, I can't really process it. I think it's a little bit like if, if people listen to our recipe club episode on martinis, mm, my opinion mm-hmm. on white wine is a little bit like my opinion on dry martinis where I think people thought it was 
uncool or uncivilized to drink like a sweet martini. And like, I think that white wine is like the less sophisticated wine in some people's eyes. But fuck that, man. I like cold white wine. I like chilled reds. Cold wine is where I feel is underrated. So to summarize your point, you're saying that because white wine is usually served chilled, that's what you enjoy. No, I'm saying if you were asking it purely if it's overrated or underrated, I think that white wine is underrated. I would say, yeah, red wine, overrated, white wine, underrated. And I would say I almost never drink red wine because I'm right. And everyone else is wrong. <laughs> yeah, Dave said it. That's what I was trying to say. Um, I like white wine, not all white wines, but... I'll drink the worst of the white wines because I want to drink it on ice. I want to drink it cold. I want to drink it in a spritzer. You know what's underrated? Wine spritzers. Don't at me. It's the fucking most underrated goddamn thing. And uh, white wine, a lot of people don't like it for whatever reason. I don't know. But uh, we don't have to talk about Chardonnay, the grape. But the French Burgundy and Bordeaux whites are to me the finest wines that I like to drink because you can just drink it on its own. You can pair it with food quite easily. Only problem is without going too deep into vineyards and producers is a lot of this shit is crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. (laughs) Crazy fucking expensive. And it's one reason why it's out of reach for most people. And I I mean, I wish it was cheaper, but I, I mean, I can drink, really bad Chardonnay on ice. And mm-hmm. that is great. It's grape juice. You know, it's <laughs> just grape juice. Um, but for me, I, I, I definitely, I do like my snooty white wines. Um, and it's hard to talk about without talking like a total jackass, which is pretty much all the case on this podcast. But <laughs> listen, a lot of red wine for me can be delicious. But I, I actually think, <laughs> I lovingly joke, a lot of wines to me I call cigarette wines. <laughs> <laughs> They only taste good when you pair it with a cigarette. Because <laughs> there's like fucking just bombs in your mouth. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I just don't like drinking red wine. I mean, I'll drink. I love red wine. I do. I'd rather just drink white. Yeah. That's just agree. Me. Agree. And I barely drink that all these days. So um, I got one a question and I, I posted on social media because I was watching somebody eat. Jige on uh, on Instagram, and I'm like, no man, I can't watch that shit. That's making me mad. <laughs> it's a if you eat jige, which is like a kimchi stew, or it's like a soup, but a lot of stuff in it. And tongs are clear broths, but I'm talking about a jige that usually comes in a clay pot. And Koreans, I'm going to just say Koreans more than any other Asian country, serve their fucking soups hotter than any other fucking country I know of. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. I don't think is opinion is fact. I don't know why that's true, but I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Koreans eat their soups hotter than anybody else in the world. And this is how you're supposed to eat a Korean soup. It has to be served bubbling, boiling hot. It has to be like 400 degrees hot, screaming hot. <laughs> and you don't wait to let it cool. You can't. Never. No. You can't be like, I'm going to talk 10 minutes and like, hopefully it'll be cool down. And you don't do this move that so many people do. They take their bowl of rice and they like spoon it in and mix it in and they still go, and then they eat it. 
is that the thing you saw on social media that you're reacting to? Yeah, like, I was like, using no. it like a using it like a sauce, and then no, yeah. I'm not saying don't use rice. No, you got to use rice. But if you're going to do it the fucking Korean way, this is how you do it. And it's not about being machismo or anything. It's literally just how you eat. This is how you see Korean people eat. You take your fucking metal spoon. Because it's got to be metal because you want to conduct heat even more quickly. Yes. (laughs) And you stick that fucking thing into that boiling cauldron of pain. Mm -hmm. And you you don't even look at it. You go directly right in your mouth like your Homer Simpson. Oh, and then you grab onto it with your fucking teeth. And you just like, and you pull that thing out clean, knowing full well that you've now just burned your inner lip. You've cut off, you've just scalded hot on the top of your roof of your mouth. And you pull that shit out, you eat. And you don't smile. And then right when you're trying to think about something, right when you're trying to get a, like some oxygen, you take that fucking spoon on the downswing of your mouth into your bowl of rice. Boom. And the rice goes right into your mouth mm-hmm. and it mixes oh. in with all that other stuff. And that's how you eat Korean soup, Korean jjigae. It's got to hurt you. You got to <laughs> earn the right to do it. I do think it's appropriate that suffering is a part of the way yeah. that we eat. Amen. Any fucking men. And if you're going to eat Korean food, you this is where authenticity matters. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't care about authenticity any other way. But if you're going to eat, it's like when I see people eat sushi like idiots, I, I'm sorry. This is where it yeah. matters. You got to eat it properly. If you're going to eat Korean jigas, you got to do it right. You got to fucking earn it. Mm-hmm. It is a challenge. And it's not about fun. It's going to hurt you. <laughs> you're not supposed to enjoy the eating experience. No. It's not fun. No. It's not a fun. If you want to know Korean culture, I am telling you, you right now, it's sustenance and pain wrapped into one. And if you continue to eat it, you become a mutant. Everything is like just becomes asbestos and you're good. Mm-hmm. And then you continue to do that day after day, day after day. And you're, you have no pain. You have no pain to the heat of like a boiling cauldron. And yeah. that's what I think people need to learn. If you're going to eat Korean food, particularly jigae, which is the next thing I think after bibimbap, and I don't know the last time I ever sat with a Korean person that ever ordered bibimbap. Uh, <laughs> just throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, white people. I don't think I've had one in a while. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I don't know Korean people that order bibimbap. I mean, it happens, but you don't go to a restaurant to eat it. No. No, because you can do it at home. You can just make it yourself. Can I, and I'm just going to say it. When you get also bibimbap or regular bibimbap, it's usually because you're bringing a friend that is not Korean and it's something for them to eat. Yes. Well, I just let them order it, but I don't I don't order it for myself ever. But they order it with such glee. They do, like, they ooh. do. They do. <laughs> I, I've always found that fascinating is like the types of ethnic foods, and we're way off topic here, but the types of food that you don't order for yourself if you're part of the culture, but you would recommend it to a Gentile, if you will. A Gentile. Oh, listen, I'm, I, I'm not saying that Peepin' Pop's not delicious, but like it's like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, I don't right. want that at like a diner. It's like, I know what it tastes like. I want something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But going back to the jiga, I just don't know why I'm making a big stink of it, but I want people to be in pain. They got to <laughs> learn the right pain tolerance. Yeah. And there's no other fucking way. I'm sorry. This is where I refuse to budge. If you're going to eat it, you have to burn the shit out of yourself. There. I said it. Chris Ying, as a Chinese brother... What do you think about what I just said? I um, 
I've probably been guilty uh, from time to time of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he the hasn't worked his move. way up. The part of this that's really level important up, is Chris. that. Fucking level up, man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to level up. I'm trying to level up. I think um I do like I need my hot food to be very hot. I like I know how to eat room temperature food. I like I know how to eat cold food. But if it's supposed to be hot, I like it to be very, very hot. I've never heard, I don't know, Dave, if you've ever heard anything about this, but I've never heard any sort of like scientific reasoning as like why hot food is more satisfying or like feels better other than just like the pain thing. I, th- I wonder if it's like related in some way to like the same reason why we like spicy food, you know, endorphins mm-hmm. or some shit like that. But I have never heard a scientific reason. This is just me There's trying no to science. deflect. It's called Han. I'm trying to deflect from the fact that I don't have enough Han. It's inherited inherited trauma. Yeah. It's, you, know, you know, it's like for me when I see when I see that hot when the when I see the Gigay come out in like the stone bowl and it's like bubbling. I have the same reaction as like if I'm in a German restaurant and I see like the mountain of sauerkraut come out and I'm like, is a Korean or a German person like peeking around the corner laughing at me? Like, is this a fucking joke? <laughs> like, why is this soup so fucking hot? Why is there so much sauerkraut on this prank? Plate? And then, no, and then I have the exact same experience where I look over at the next table at like an act, like a Korean person or a German person just like going to town. And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's no, it's, this is no joke, man. This is how it's supposed to be. So here I go. Uh, listen, I don't want Japanese people to say, what about ramen? It's a whole different way to fucking eat it, man. Okay? And I'd argue that is the sneakiest and very Japanese way. Looks serene. You get a bowl of fucking ramen, and doesn't matter what style, but you know, let's just say it's pork broth, and it looks serene. It looks like a mm-hmm. fucking like black ice in the bowl. There's like no steam, no <laughs> it's nothing. It's exactly black ice. It's black ice. It's black ice, and that's like the Terror Twilight. It is danger. Danger, Will Robinson. It is very dangerous. It doesn't always have to look bubbling. And the Japanese, in, in the sneaky way, the water, the vapor can be trapped under a layer of fat mm-hmm. and just bubbling underneath. And you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And it can look like it's room temp. And you bite. That's a bad burn. Mm-hmm. That's a bad fucking burn. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. Don't fall in for that. And, and again, the Japanese, that's why you go. <laughs> you got to, you know, you got to. <laughs> I mean, it is a fucking art form to do mm-hmm. it properly. And again, if you have really not been to a ramen ya, a really good ramen ya, you don't hear anything but the deafening sound of the sigh. Again, it's a beautiful thing. You sit down. There's no fucking talking. There's no like, hey, man, how's your work day? There's no, oh, man. Let's, I can't wait for the weekend. What do you got planned? It is like, hey, you're eating, I'm eating. Let's talk afterwards. Don't even fucking talk mm-hmm. to me. Don't even look at me. And we're going to eat this as fast as humanly possible. And it is still painful, but the Japanese, as, as they always do, they developed a way to like allow you to eat it without the pain. And that's the <laughs> motion. <laughs> it's very important to notice the Koreans, they forego that step altogether and they go straight for the pain. <laughs> There's no mitigating the pain. We want the pain. No, Um, it's like, bring it. Let's, 
<laughs> I can't believe we just spent 15 minutes starting with white wine, but ending on jjigae. Um, Wait, hold on. Do you think we just held the Guinness Book? Can someone go to the Guinness Book of World Records? <laughs> longest conversation about jjigae eating and how to eat In it. In the English language, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, we did it. it we did it, guys. Um, let's read some five-star reviews before we go on because we haven't done that in, in a bit. Um, Big Tor SF, thanks for the five stars. Um, Keith1978, thanks for the five stars. The new old school. Oh, this is a good one. You guys are mispronouncing Stephen Yun's last name. As an Asian person, I disown you as my family, but still five stars. Let me say something. They say you guys, but it's only Dave who mispronounces his name. Yeah, it's only me. It's Stephen Yun. Like, I can't do it because I know I grew up with a Steve Yun, right? I can't. Okay. So in your mind, that those two are the same. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, if I saw it in Hanguk, I would pronounce it as Yun. So I blame right. fucking English language, not fucking me. <laughs> It's the right. Romanization's fault. It's the <laughs> Romanization, not me. Right. That's, a, that's a real thing. It's the first time I can actually say, if it's in Hanguk, I would say Yun. Okay. Because like, guess okay. what? My name is Chang. But mm-hmm. I don't Chang. say it's Chang. Right, right, it's right. It's Chang. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. say every time, no, dude, it's pronounced Chang. I don't do that. Come on. It is true. My name is not Ying either. So it's like, I guess it's, it's what all is true. It? I mean, it's Ying. Ying? Really? Yeah. Yeah. See? By the way, I go into five stars. This is my favorite. This is the most fucking fucked up thing anyone could do. Okay. There's a three star. I'm looking at it. A three star. This person knows how to fuck with us. Mm-hmm. Cooking for Everyone by Erica S57. I have been a listener to all iterations of the podcast since the beginning, and I give chili crunch to all as my budget allows. That said, hearing the question about Meals on Wheels and the microwave really made me want to hear a deep dive from Dave, Chris, Isaac, and a guest about how to make cooking more accessible for folks who may have neuromotor issues. I know it's not the team's expertise, but I think it would be interesting and useful and enlightening for us who don't have those challenges. It's those conversations that help us open up and see each other as people and create empathy. I think that's a hell of a question to ask. Amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. They fuck gave us three stars. It's a good <laughs> question, stars. but why is it? Why did she give us three stars? Because she I knows know. how to get us. She knows exactly how to get us. Three stars, huh. Erica. And I don't S57. want any of you listeners to follow no. Erica's sick and demented way of getting bad attention. Example. Very bad this example. This is a bad example. Right? This I'm, is a, I'm we hoping that's to... just a mistake, Erica. I hope that's just a mistake. Yeah, I think her finger slipped. Yeah. Okay, let it, let it be said. This is the one and only time we will ever read a three star review. So do not fucking this is the only try time. to tiger, do not try to tiger parrot us on our iPhones yeah. iPod yeah, Erica, page. I have no question. I, I I know that you probably might be Korean or might be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom. There's a six stars from Gary L. Pauld, which I mean it's five stars, but he says six stars. And he says, I am one of the few Asians who live in a small NorCal town called Sebastopol. Several friends have told tales about standing in line at a store only to find the great Tom Waits standing in line in front of them. Last Saturday, I had my Tom Waits moment as I was in line at Whole Foods. Who else but the great Chris Ying is in front of me? Six stars. Oh, my God. Thank you, Gabriel. Oh, my God. Gabriel, was he being a dick to everybody? (laughs) We would like to know. Let us know. Gabriel's just like he could not stop farting in line right in yeah. front of me it was terrible <laughs> Gabriel did you see Ying in his MAGA hat <laughs> oh, 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 
I wear I wear a, a MAGA hat that has MAGA on both sides. So the people in front and behind me are unmistaken about my political beliefs. Deborah, you, do you know where Ying was coming from? He was coming from his monthly Proud Boys yeah. seminar. Oh man, we have there's a huge proud. There's a I can't do this. Ying just tried to do to play along to the bit, and his brain gave out. He was like, "I, I can't actually it. affirm any of this." Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, Chris Ying, the first Asian American Proud Boy vice president. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> Nobody loves America like you love America. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> microwave popcorn, overrated or underrated? I like microwave popcorn because it's really good. Let me allow for okay. I don't sound like Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> microwave popcorn, good. Destroy your enemies. Microwave popcorn, good. Uh-huh. Drive the enemies before you. Microwave I popcorn, like good. Microwave popcorn because it's good. <laughs> Here are the limitations of their women. Microwave popcorn, good. Oh my um, god. Jeez. Oh Jesus um, Christ. It is so salty and so buttery and not mm-hmm. real butter that it's hard to dislike microwave popcorn. The only bad thing about microwave popcorn is the, the lingering smell. And it's not yeah. like a good lingering smell like no. popcorn. No. So, which is why I always, I do have microwave popcorn. I don't know why I never use it because I pop my own either in a big pot and it's easy. Just put a bunch of oil and kernels and you're done. You're going to be good. Mm-hmm. It takes like five minutes. Make sure it's covered. But I also microwave popcorn in my any day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Welcome to the infomercial part of this. <laughs> do you do you do oil in the any day too? You can do it clear of oil, but you can do it. And I've also just recently purchased, because I eat so much popcorn, a Cuisinart popcorn popper. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Next. What are your favorite bar snacks? If you want to do a top five on this, then I, I wouldn't mind either. But if you, what, what's your favorite bar snack and or top five bar snacks? Oh, man. Uh, question, point of order. Are we talking about like bar food, like chicken wings and mozzarella sticks? Or are we talking about like nuts and goldfish? I think like nuts and goldfish. Honestly, my favorite bar snack is when they have a popcorn machine in the bar. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Back to the popcorn. Very wow. Very wow. strong. Very, very very strong. Very strong pull there, Chang. Because because then you can get it like nice and hot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's so good. And uh, I may have visited a bar a lot that had one in college. May have. <laughs> can neither confirm or deny. I also may have visited a bar because they had that special beef jerky that I liked. Wild Bill's beef jerky. So beef jerky's you, right there. Beef jerky. Which you would dip into your beer, I believe. I also, yes, I also love the oriental bar snack thing with the, the half moon and the peanut and the wasabi. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, the rice cracker, but it's oh, like yes. oriental mix. Yes, yes, I think, it's called, yes. I, think it's, I think it's literally called oriental mix. Is it yeah. literally called oriental? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think so. Yeah, with uh, like a little wasabi piece. Every time you ask like for little... it, you have to do the dun 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 and then they give you the oriental mix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. <laughs> and... The one that I like the least is just plain old peanuts. But wasabi peas are great. Mm. Um, what about pretzels? No. No. Pretzels are gross. Little little pretzel chips. Potato chips in general. Potato chips. Good. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, what's next? All right, next up, kimbap. Overrated or underrated? Wait, come on, dude. Really? Yeah, I'm lobbing this up for you. You got to just got to dunk it. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not, not I'm, I'm not answering that. It's like a, it's a, no. You mean Korean sushi? Oh yeah. my god. Ying, come on, man. I don't I I'm not going to even answer that question. Korean sushi. <laughs> not even going to dignify that. I thought I could draw I thought I could draw him. You in. mean that you mean that Korean maki roll? No, He's I'm unflappable. He's unflappable. He can't be I'm not going to answer this. that question. Because anyone that's listening, no, no. It's clearly underrated. Yes, clearly. I would like to answer that question. It's clearly underrated. It is delicious. And I think arguably it's something that could catch on in the United States very, very quickly. And it could spread like wildfire. Because it's such a great food, like an easy to eat go-to meal or a snack even. And it is such in Korea. And I'm actually a little bit surprised at how little it's caught on in the, in the States. When we were doing Kawi and doing the kimpaps, I don't think anybody, yeah, I'll just call out all the food critics. I had any fucking idea what any of it was um, and how contemporary it was and actually how contemporary it was even with some of the stuff that was going on in Japan and how mm-hmm. original it was. So, um, no, I have a lot, a lot to say, a lot to think about kimpap. And um, I think uh, everything you said is the first time I've ever been like, yeah, Isaac's right. It's the first time. Congratulations. <laughs> first time. <laughs> I was right for the first time. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, kimbap is a roll with um, kim, which is the seaweed. I can't. I only know it in Korean, but what it's a uh, look it up. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know you'll probably think of it as when you see it if you've never heard of it. Just don't think of it as Korean sushi. No, it's Japanese, not. Korean, whatever. It's just Korean and it's awesome, it's and you're going to see a lot more of it. Yep. All right. Next. <laughs> next up, <laughs> what is the worst dish? To order on a first date slash, what would you actually recommend anyone to order on a first date? You can't go to steakhouse. No steakhouse. Okay. I think sushi is actually something like that Mm. is the best first date food. And no noodles. You can't do noodles. Okay. Can't do ramen. Mm -hmm. You can't do boiling crab, even though that would be the coolest (laughs) first date ever. That would be funny. I feel that would be memorable at least. I also think a good one is uh, Shanghainese food because you can do soup dumplings. Mm. Mm. You can actually, you know, privately critique them and judge them if they know how to fucking do anything <laughs> properly. It's a test. Yeah. You're going to use it's the first date as a test. It depends though, right? It depends. It depends on the uh, background and ethnicity of your date, right? Like yeah, what if true. they're more Chinese than me? That I can't. That I definitely can't go to fucking Chinese food. <laughs> this you know? is why you're married yeah. to a white woman, Chris. <laughs> exactly. It's the only. It's the only person. <laughs> the only person in America less Chinese than me is my white wife. <laughs> can I? Can I tell you how I eat uh, my 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 salong pao now? Uh-huh. I, I've now gone to another level, and I don't think anybody finds it agreeable. But this is just where I how I've evolved as a as a soup dumpling eater. Because you have your vinegar and your ginger. And you're a soup spoon, and you're supposed to let it like just chill out in the bath of vinegar, right? And then put it on your fucking spoon, and then nibble a little hole, and then drink it, and then let it cool down, and then eat it. Very civil. It's a beautiful <laughs> way of eating this food. Very delicate. A lot of work went into it. I now take it with my chopsticks, and I go straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just pop that whole fucking thing in my mouth because it's now been lined with asbestos from all the GA eating. 
it's like a like a pork starburst fruit uh-huh. gusher. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, do you do a dip in vinegar? Do you do a little shot of vinegar? Do you, do you get a little vinegar no, in there? Then I do a little bit of, I take a little bit of the ginger with the chopsticks, and then mm-hmm. I put it in my mouth. And I and, and yeah. then I soaked up enough of the, the vinegar, then I get the whole thing. Again, I'll tell you what. You'll never see me eating soup dumplings this way, ever. <laughs> but in the privacy of my home, mm-hmm. which I almost never, ever do because they travel terribly. But if I'm eating by myself... Maybe in Australia where there is a uh, Ding Tai Fung next to Seobo and I go to the back corner and I'm eating by myself, much like our much long rambling episode on buffet eating. I'll just by myself like a monster, just pop, like I'm eating popcorn. <laughs> like a monster. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the eating the little piece of ginger like you're you're swallowing the tequila worm after the shot yeah. thing. I like that move. I thought your whole sentence was going to be no one will ever see me doing this because I'm too fast. <laughs> yeah, but let me let me also just explain to the audience. I'm the worst kind of hypocrite person in the world. I've just <laughs> went on a incoherent rambling spiel about how to eat authentic authentically eat jige. And I just told you how I defile Shanghainese tradition <laughs> by just plopping it in my mouth like a fucking, you know, popcorn. Mm-hmm. I'm a monster. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, you're a monster. It's true. But all of like that delicate process, bite off the top, put a little vinegar, slurp it out, cool it down. All of that is because most people's mouths cannot handle the heat of a freshly steamed Xiaolongbao. Hey, thank you. You know? I feel like I've leveled up to the point where I can just throw it in my mouth. <laughs> you got the blessing of, of one Chinese person to do so. Um, all right, let's move on. Coffee or tea? What's your preference if you are, let's say you live in Portland, Oregon, hypothetically, and it rains a lot in Portland. And you just, you know, it's like maybe 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. And you, wanna, you want a warm beverage do you go for a coffee or a tea? Having to envision you in this situation has made me not want to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> no, hypothet- hypothetically, if you lived on South, if you lived in Southeast Portland, with a blanket or no blanket, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe with the little maybe with the little quilt, decaffeinated or not decaffeinated. <laughs> well, it depends. Depends. Like, do you are you going to do work in the afternoon or is it like more of a relaxing well, again, day? Uh, what time of day is it? These are very important questions. It's eleven a.m. It's eleven a.m. He's he's in his snuggie. He's sitting by his window watching the rainfall. This hypothetical and person. He's got is, two hands yes. around a little uh, mug. Little mug. He's doing, he's doing this thing. He's got a blanket on him. I'm envisioning, envisioning him. I got really he's, trying to empathize here. And he's by the window. It's like homesick. one of those international the light commercials. Yeah. He's, he's imagining yeah. his summer abroad in Provence. And he's like, that waiter, Jean Luc. And so, what's in his cup? What's in his cup? Cozy Isaac. Chamomile tea. Chamomile tea. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. I just uh, did an outer body experience and I, I saw your future. And that's what it was. The, you tapped into the source uh, though. You saw it, man. You saw it. Uh, I'm not a big tea drinker. I, I oh. appreciate and like tea, but uh, I'm too reliant. I'm just, I'm a fucking walking Bay Area stereotype. I'm just like, addicted to coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, shall we close it out on the best thing you ate this week? That I didn't make, huh? Or you did make and it was so extraordinary that you were like, wow, this Dave Chang guy knows how to cook. 
oh, I ate this just now. After our last conversation, Dave, about those bagels, I tried to go. My wife was like, let's try to go get those bagels. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like a New York Times just ran an article about how the best bagels in America are in Berkeley. I'm sure the line won't be crazy on Sunday morning. <laughs> so <laughs> we showed up and of course there's 700,000 people in line. Yeah. So I ended up ordering them for delivery 12 days ago. And I had completely forgotten. And then $100 worth of bagels showed up on my doorstep this morning. And uh, I'm not going to lie, pretty fucking good bagels. Ooh. Pretty fucking good. Okay. Okay. Pretty good. Best thing I ate this week was a fried chicken wing at Lee's Sandwiches. Oh, mm. full circle. I thought about it. I was like, man, I don't think they're they're breading this. It's a, It's like one of those like breaded ones. It's like also makes me feel nostalgic for like chicken wings you'd get at like college cafeteria. It's good because I I ordered five wings. I ate them all in the car ride home. <laughs> and nobody knows in my family if they listen to this. They didn't know that I ordered chicken wings because I ate them all. That's how good they were. <laughs> Perfect crime. And he just chomped those bones right down. He's just. 100% I hit that scene like I murdered somebody. <laughs> Move around, you know, where you put those chicken bones so they can't mm-hmm. find it when they open up the trash can. You know what I'm talking about, Chris. Here. Yeah, dude, hide the bodies, man. You got to hide the bodies <laughs> in the walls, man. Bury them deep. It's <laughs> so one of these days, Grace is going to open your glove box and just like thousands oh. of chicken wing bones are going to come spilling out. Grace is always like, why do you always put up drywall when you go to Lee Sandwiches? It's so weird. <laughs> Our house is like the Winchester mansion. You just keep building these rooms with that go nowhere. <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking good. Um, all right. Let's shout out a few more people uh, who gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts real quick. Keith1978, Sean Estes55, Big Boy Asians lead the way. Thank you for the five stars. Billy Pancakes, thank you for the five stars. Pete Pagano rules. Thank you for the five stars. Uh, Pete Pagano, I went to college. I went to a college with Pete. Long time. Oh. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Pete used to be a cook at Blue Hillstone Barns many years ago. Mm. I love you, Petey. Is it the same person you think? I guess that name isn't uh, super common. He says ever since Trinity, he has just been a cog in the wheel talking about you, Dave. He's talking some shit about you, I see here. Yeah. Hmm. And that's also, you know, the fact that it's like just Pete Pagano, but he said Pete Pagano rules make sh-. I, I was like, oh, that's 100% Pete Pagano. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My Pete Pagano. <laughs> okay. okay. Only Pete Pagano would say he rules. That's that's where we're at. Uh, Mr. Chief 420. Thank you for the five stars. Wonder what, what, wonder what he's about. Why are you giggling? I don't, what's, that, what's funny about that? <laughs> you know. Uh, is there something something significant right, if, to that if you all, if you too would like to get shouted out on this podcast please go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars listen to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast but specifically especially Spotify but also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts turn those click wheels on your iPods yeah you listen to us on our, our iPod page oh my god <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iPod Pitch. Listen to Recipe Club. Yes. Because if you don't give us five stars there too, I don't know if we're going to talk to you ever again. And Erica, Erica, that's sick and twisted of you and you fucked me up for the week. We should do a thing. We should do a thing where um, those who give us five stars on the Dave Chang Show and Recipe Club, we should shout out 
specifically. I don't think anyone's done it yet. I put it on you to cross-reference who has five stars <laughs> on each one. That's your job. Oh my god, Not I'm going to be scrolling for hours. <laughs> just looking at every single one. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.